Good morning, everyone. As they, uh, we're in the series called Emerge, and we're going to be looking at lament this morning. And before I start, I just want to say, just aware that um, it's a very d difficult subject, lamenting. And whilst we're in the season, especially, it could be quite painful for people as we are betwixt and between, as we are emerging and we're not yet through our situation. So I've tried to make this talk more as to why we need to lament and a scriptural look and not too personal for people. So what is lament and why do we need it? One of the reasons we need it is this. And I don't know whether you can read that up there, I'll try to get it to fit. The greatest illusion, said the mole, is that life should be perfect. And we live in a broken world where things don't always go right. There are times where we don't know what God is doing or which way to turn. Storms will come, we will all face them, and our storms will be varied and they'll come at different times, but they will come. And obviously during the pandemic, this is a storm that we have all experienced together. And what a strange storm we have been in. We have all heard the saying, and Gary referred to it last week, we are all in the same storm, but we are all in different boats. God has not promised us that life will be perfect, but he does promise that he will walk through that with us. And so in this series, we're going to look at emerging from the storm of the lockdown pandemic. And one part of this storm was my work. And this was my Facebook post back in March last year. I have found today overwhelmingly sad I have sat at work alone in my office as we distanced ourselves and cancelled courses, created lots of credit notes and can't help but think of the many, many, many places that are customer facing businesses all doing the same. It's a heartbreak. Wondering how we, stroke they, will make it. It's okay to lament. That was in March 2020 over a year ago now and since then with regards to work I've worked from home for two weeks I was put on furlough for five months then I went back to the office for two months covered various roles as it was a bit chaotic and manic and then when lockdown started again for November lockdown number two I started to work from home and I still am as a company we haven't run any courses yet in the house some 19 staff were put on furlough and only two came back the best the rest were made redundant as the company navigated the storm. The future is still hazy to say the least, but as we start to emerge from lockdown, as are many other things, Terry and I, we had tickets to go to New Zealand in May last year to visit our daughter and her family. Those tickets were held open for two years and one year later, we wonder whether we'll get to use those within the next two years. Like many of you, there are still many loved ones we have yet to see and it's been well over a year. Who'd have ever thought that over a year later we are just emerging from what was announced as our three-week lockdown back in March 2020? I've shared this experience of um, my lockdown experience of work because as we emerge today and as we look at lament, I want to recognise that for many of us, we still face a time of uncertainty. We all have had a different experience of what this year has been. And I want to say to you, God knows. 
your Heavenly Father knows your personal story, your personal heartache and the uncertainty that you still may face. That he cares for you, that he understands and he loves you, that his grace and his mercy is available for you. Allow him to be the anchor for your soul. A word that can be used to describe this uncertainty, this emerging time, is liminal, and this comes from the Latin word limin, which means threshold. And Richard Rohr writes this about a liminal space. Liminal space is an inner state and sometimes an outer situation where we can begin to think and act in genuinely new ways. It is when we are betwixt and between, having left one room or stage of life but not yet entered the next. We often enter this liminal space when our former way of being is challenged or changed. Perhaps when we lose a job or a loved one during an illness, on the positive side, it can be an engagement or the birth of a child. It's when life is changing. During this graced time, we are not certain and we are not in control. This openness allows room for something genuinely new to happen. We are empty and receptive and a tablet waking for new things to happen. From this liminal experience, we can re-enter the world with freedom and new creative approaches to life, having had our normality called into question. I was really struck by this expression, a graced time. Somehow it removes much of the sting out of being in that no man's land, or that betwixt and between place. However, I do think it's fair to say that this is not an easy or a pleasant place to be as we like to be in control. We like to know what is going on, when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. But if we are able to view this as a graced time, it helps us to feel a bit more peaceful, a place of a trust in God who holds all things together and who can work things for our good. A place to allow change, to take time to rethink how we live, what we value and how we spend our time. This reminded me of the prophetic word that Joy gave us last year. So I'll just have a quick recap of that, but I'm sure you can find it on the website. It was about being in a plane, carefully landed upside down with things falling out of our pockets. And now as we look to emerge from lockdown, let's be asking God what things we should be picking up and not to grapple around and to pick up everything, stuffing our pockets again. Let us allow room in our metaphorical pockets for some emptiness, some space for some new things to happen. Let's be open and responsive, having ears to hear what the Holy Spirit whispers to us. Whilst we're in this liminal space, this graced space, where we are experiencing being powerless to control what has gone on, we need to express and process the internal changes the emotions we have experienced and we are still experiencing. I remember being told once that our external circumstances, they can change quite quickly, but internally our inner being and our emotions and thinking can take quite a long time to catch up, to adjust as we struggle and even battle with the acceptance of the changes. Most of these emotions, they will be negative 
there'll be frustration, sorrow, sadness, loneliness, and a way of dealing with this is to lament. So the Oxford Dictionary describes lament as a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, a complaint. Strange how we like to hide our more negative emotions. We can stuff them down, the false smile, the fake, oh, I'm fine. But God has made us as physical, spiritual and emotional beings. And we need to accept that our negative emotions are not a sign of weakness or a lack of faith and are just as valid as our positive emotions are and they need to be expressed too. Grief, sorrow, disappointment, loneliness. These negative emotions, they're often not tame. They can be raw. And I remember at various times um, when I found life difficult and almost being fearful of those emotions, that I would be overwhelmed by them, that somehow they were far bigger than me and should I start to address or express them, that I would be overwhelmed by them, that they would consume me. But lamenting, that helps us to navigate our way through this complicated area of our emotions. And it allows us to open up our hearts and to tell God what we feel. In telling God how we feel, our lament becomes our prayer. And although they may look like prayers of complaint, they can still be prayers of faith. Because a lament refuses to let go of God. He may seem absent, but he is not. God is ever-present. Prayers of lament are our honest feelings before God and bring us face to face with him as we try to understand what is going on in our heart. Bringing these things before God can make all the difference because God can change us during these times as we pour out our hearts to him. Now we often find it to be hard to be honest with our negative emotions and our frustrations. Perhaps we feel that we're going to be wallowing in self-pity or that we're not trusting God and in expressing them we are showing a lack of faith. A year later, stuck in the same situation of lockdown or in ongoing situations, perhaps you feel like this. To be honest, I often feel I have nothing interesting to say. Being honest is always interesting. Honesty creates intimacy and all relationships need honesty. Silence and the lack of honesty destroys relationships and our relationship with Jesus needs honesty too. So a lament is a prayer of honesty. It is how we live in the tension of the pain of life and trusting in God's sovereignty. In the Bible, around 40% of the Psalms are laments, and most of these are an outpouring of pain. And we see the definitions of lament quite clearly in the book of Jeremiah, also known as the Weeping Prophet, the book of Lamentations, Habakkuk, and in the book of Job. And we know that Job prayed deep prayers of lament. He had lost everything, family, friends, home and his health. Yet he wrestled through with God and he clung to him as he sought for meaning in his struggles. 
He held on to his faith in God and turned to him with all his heart. He wanted to see God in the midst of his pain. Job did not let go of God. So we see the Bible shows us that we're certainly not alone in our experiences of pain and our struggles in life. And sometimes when we're in that graced place, that um, in between the threshold of letting go and moving on, we, haven't, we don't see the change immediately. Our lives can still look empty and they can still feel full of pain. And yet in Habakkuk we read this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, Yet I will trust in the Lord. I will be joyful in my God, my Saviour. I think this is like a true expression of being in a place of trusting God in the midst of our graced space. So let's have a quick look at how the Psalms deal with lament. So Psalm 13, 1 to 2. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? So here we have this sort of this complaint, this outpouring, and it's directed at God. And then it's followed by asking God for help. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. So here's that request for God to help. And then later, but I rejoice in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So you can see this pattern of uh, a complaint, of a pouring out of emotions, a reminder of God, who God is and help, asking him to help and declaring who he is. There are many Psalms that have been written like this, but I haven't got time to look at any more. But have a look at Psalm 22 and Psalm 38 and you'll see this pattern of complaining, asking and asking God to help. Often we don't like asking for help. Our pride can get in the way. Perhaps we feel vulnerable. Perhaps we're fearful that we won't hear an answer. But we need to be brave and we need to ask, what is the bravest thing you have ever done? And said, asked the boy. Help, said the horse. God wants to help us and he's waiting for us to ask for his help to call out to him, to ask him to intervene. Don't be fearful of asking God to help in your situation. So there's our lament. And what happens if we don't lament, if we don't turn to God in our pain? And I came across this story from Brian Dawkson, who is a Christian songwriter. I probably didn't pronounce that right, but he spoke at, at an event and it was called, What Do We Do? if we lose our lament. 
and he told this story of going to a Romanian orphanage just after the Iron Curtain had come down. He describes walking into a room filled with cots, but none of the babies were crying. When he asked why this was, he was told that the babies had learnt not to cry because crying was of no use. No one ever came. Brian then suggested, by not lamenting, perhaps we are behaving like these babies, believing that there's no point in crying out to God because it's not going to make any difference, that he won't change anything. But this is not true. The Bible tells us that we have a God who not only hears the cries of his people, but crucially these cries calling to come and to act and rescue his people. And we hear of this in Psalm 116 verses 1 to 2. I love the Lord because he has heard my cry and heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. So in summary, to lament, we complain, it's a complaint. Complain, describe the problem to God, be as, on, as honestly as you can. Appeal, ask for God's intervention and appeal to his character. Remind, remind God of his promises and express your trust in him. So to lament, remember that God cares and we can lament our hearts to him. For me, one of the most powerful laments come from lamentations. I read this at a very hard time in my life and it was one of those times when you're reading scripture, it's as though it was written just for you. And it follows um, this experience here. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendour is gone and all that I hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. God does not ask us to deny the existence of our pain and our suffering. Our lament prayers are a powerful, meaningful form of worship as it places our love for God above even the worst of our circumstances in our life and it declares our faith in a God who hears the cries of his people and responds. So as this series is about emerging from lockdown, we're just going to listen to a song by Rebecca Bees, and we're going to look back at the past year and remind ourselves where our hope is. Yeah, Father God, we thank you that this, uh, this pandemic was no surprise to you. 
we thank you that you walk with us. Father, we thank you that you are the God of all comfort and you will comfort those that are grieving, that are in sorrow and that are sad at this time. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of provision and you will provide for those that are in need financially, emotionally and spiritually, that you can provide all that we need. And I pray that we will be able to hold on to you, Jesus, through this situation as we emerge into a time of still uncertainty and that we can hang on to you, that you are the anchor for our souls. And I pray that we'll be able to trust you as we walk through this time. Amen. <laughs>